0: This is the Blackout found on bellyupsports.com. I'm your host, Thomas Black, and each week of the college football season, I'll track along with you watching the best teams and the biggest games of the entire season on the way to the college football playoff. This week, I've got my top play from week 10. And in the second segment today, I'll have an interview with Charlie Potter from BamaOnline.com as we get ready for number two versus number three, LSU versus Alabama in a mega showdown in the top five in the SEC. All right, let's go ahead and get into it with week 10's top play as the Georgia Bulldogs held on against Florida 24-17. In the second half, it was Jake Fromm finding Lawrence Cager wide open for a long touchdown pass to extend a 16-10 lead to 24-10 in favor of the Bulldogs. Here's Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson on the call for the SEC on CBS. Jake Fromm, our play action. deep. He's going to go down on the sideline. wide. Wow.
1: Lawrence Cager touchdown.
0: 52 yards for the Georgia score. That touchdown was enough separation for the Georgia Bulldogs as they ended the Florida Gators playoff hopes and placed themselves as the prohibitive favorite in the SEC East lining up to meet either Alabama or LSU in a few more weeks. And this, of course, segues well into what we're going to be looking at here in Week 11. Which team between LSU and Alabama is going to take a serious step toward representing the SEC West in the championship game, likely against Georgia? Stick with me through the break and I'll have Charlie Potter from BamaOnline.com with me to discuss this game and everything that it entails for this week and the college football playoff yet to come. Also, make sure you jump on BellyUpSports.com for this week's Game of the Week, this matchup, LSU and Alabama. Go on to the college football forum and find the thread for this game. Project a winner and a final score. If you're right, And you're the only one, you walk away with a free t-shirt. If you're one of multiple people to get it exactly right, then everybody's names are thrown into a hat and one person will be drawn to get the free t-shirt from the Belly Up Sports shop. Next up is Charlie Potter right here on The Blackout. Welcome back to another segment of The Blackout. And now joining the show for the very first time, Beat Reporter from BamaOnline.com. We have Charlie Potter joining the show. Charlie, welcome to the show. How are you today?
1: I'm good, man. People usually try to call me Porter. Uh, It happens more often than you think.
0: (laughs) Now, as we look at the Alabama Crimson Tide and everything going on, there's certainly a lot to talk about. This week, the very first week of the college football playoff rankings here in 2019, Bama comes in at number three. If you had your way, is that about the right spot, or would you have Alabama somewhere else?
1: I think three is what I expected it to be. Um, You you look at it, and LSU has played probably the toughest schedule of the the undefeated teams, and then Ohio State has looked like the most complete team. Uh, They've played really well on both sides of the ball. Um, I mean, everybody's documented what LSU has done offensively, what Alabama's done offensively. But when you have guys like uh, Chase Young on the defensive side of the ball and then the way that the, the Buckeyes are playing uh, in that regard, I think, you know, them getting number one, that doesn't shock me. I'm not sitting there just, you know, scratching my head about that. But, you know, with, with Alabama being number three – um, it's kind of weird. <laughs> you always expect them to be, you know, one or two and usually one more often than not. But um, I, I think that as much as Nick Saban wants to say that the Heat doesn't know anything about the rankings, that he doesn't watch them, I'm, I'm pretty sure he w- is well aware that they're number three. And that's probably a source of motivation for these players. And um, you know, they've tried to find any way to, to motivate them the last several years. And, um, you know, being number three shows that they still have work to do. Shows that they shouldn't be complacent with being 8 um, 0 and entering the, the home stretch of the season. But um, I, I think that, you know, whenever the rankings came out, um, 1, 2, 3 made a lot of sense. Uh, I think, you know, uh, it, it stands where if you're going to, you know, knock Alabama for not playing anybody really, uh, then Clemson might have been number four, but it's early. I mean, heck, the first ever uh, college football rankings had. Mississippi schools Auburn and Florida State in the top four so things can change but uh, I think all in all after watching that and waiting for to the, the start after the, the Duke Kansas game it I think that the committee got it right for the first week
0: with a week off and going back to that Arkansas game it's been a while since we've seen Tua Valoa at quarterback what is his status and what do you expect we see from the superstar quarterback on Saturday night
1: I expect him to play. Um, you know, the question is, how close to 100 percent will he be, and how effective will he be in terms of mobility? Um, you know, Nick Saban has had update upon update upon update, and he had one earlier tonight. And um, in his opening statement, he talked about how hard the two has worked to, to try to get back to have an opportunity to play in this game. And um, you know, he's been able to practice some. He was out on the field today. He was moving around pretty well. They were doing some some rollout uh, drills and things like that. And he looked like typical Tua. And uh, I think just a a handful of days removed from that tightrope procedure on his right ankle. I think that's a big um, step in his recovery. Uh, Obviously you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And then they're going to have a lighter practice Friday, more like a walkthrough, but I think he's on course to, to play. Um, he is, they've maintained throughout this whole thing that he's been doing better than expected in his rehab. And I think that's, um, kind of been consistent throughout the course of his recovery. And, um, you just with these, you never know what can happen. Um, he obviously has fewer days to recover than he did after the sec championship game last year, he had 28 or 29 days. Uh, between the Georgia and Oklahoma games. And this one will be 20 days between uh, Tennessee and and LSU. So a fewer time. The good news is um, it is not his plant leg. It is actually the opposite leg. It's his right leg. And um, he was, you know, today moving pretty well. Um, You know, he's maintained, Nick Saban has, that, you know, if his mobility is in question or he has any kind of setback, they're not going to, you know, throw him out there and, and jeopardize um you know his rest of the season and maybe even his future so they've been repping both quarterbacks but you know i'd be shocked if Tua does doesn't play at this point point. and um they're going to do everything they can to to keep him upright to keep lsu's defenders off of him and uh, if they can do that i think this game is going to be really interesting to see you know there's how he's able to go out there and feed the ball to these receivers
0: anybody who's watched alabama the last couple of seasons obviously knows about the bevy of wide receivers Devonte smith Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddell. You can go on and on. But what are they going to see from this LSU secondary? Guys like Derek Stingley, Christian Fulton. And some questions about Grant Delpit, but this is certainly a very, very talented secondary for LSU. How exactly do you expect the Tigers to match up with this talented receiving core from Alabama?
1: Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be their toughest test from a, a defensive backfield standpoint. And, um, you know, I actually asked Saban about Stingley tonight. I asked, you know, what impresses you about the entire secondary, but he talked all about number 24 and, um, yeah, he was obviously a a talented recruit and, uh, he, Saban said he thought he was one of the best corners in the country and he certainly hasn't disappointed. He hasn't played like a freshman. And, um, I I think that on the edge, um, you know, they're going to match up pretty well with Alabama. The question I think just not only for LSU secondary, but Alabama secondary as well is these teams don't have just two dudes they have three four dudes that are out there so whoever's matching up in the slot uh playing what alabama likes to call their star their their nickelback role so more likely than not that'll be shaheem carter the senior um you know whoever he's matched up against that could be maybe a mismatch for for lsu because guys like um trayvon diggs and and patrick Sertan can match up on the outside just like what lsu can so you know their third corner I think that's where you know they'll they'll look to attack some, uh, maybe not uh, all the time because they can move the ball uh, around the field and, and move guys around. But more often than not, Jerry Judy's playing in the slot, and we've seen a lot of teams kind of gravitate to that, where they're playing their best receiver uh, in the slot and creating those mismatch problems. So um, I, I think this is going to be the most talented secondary that Alabama faces. But um, you know, I, I think a lot has been made about how these receivers and this receiving cores are similar but i still maintain that alabama has the best receiving core in the nation i think they're going to try to prove that once again this weekend
0: another development on the lsu defensive side of things this week and that is senior linebacker michael divinity now no longer with the team leaving for personal reasons just how big of a loss do you think that is and what do you think alabama can do to take advantage of you know that loss for the tigers this week
1: yeah i mean i think it's a it's a it's a bit of a loss. Um, he's obviously a starter, but he's a guy that's missed some time this year. Uh, having said that, I'm pretty sure that he was their leading uh, sack uh, guy. And, and and that says a lot. It says they're not being able to put a lot of pressure on, on the quarterback. And, you know, we've just talked about Tua and how they're going to want to try to keep him upright. I think, Losing that is is big in this game. Uh, they have talented players, no doubt at LSU. They're going to have guys that are able to uh, do some things off the edge. But um, losing a guy that leads you in sacks, um, you know, that's a that's a big blow this week. And then if you don't have a guy like Grant Delpit back there, you don't know what's going to happen with him. Uh, you're just kind of losing uh, a couple of playmakers in that defense. And if Tua is you know, pretty close to 100%, that's going to be bad news for LSU. So uh, I don't think it's just a monumental loss, but for a team that's going to want to get pressure on the quarterback, it doesn't help not having the guy out there that leads your team in that statistic.
0: Let's flip it to the other side. Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall. This has been a pretty dynamic shift in what we've seen with this LF2 offense. What's it been like covering Alabama for a number of years now and then all of a sudden seeing this massive transition with that offensive unit?
1: Yeah, it is pretty abrupt. And, uh, you know, you remember going to Tiger Stadium last year and and just watching that offense not be able to do anything. And that's kind of been um, the MO in recent matchups. You know, we've had uh, big games in the past to to cover uh, where you have Alabama and LSU entering the game with, with Heisman front runners or contenders at least uh, 2015 you had Derek Henry and, and Leonard Fournette and it seemed like every game going into it that Leonard Fournette was a guy that was the leader in the, the Heisman race and then he would run into Alabama's defense and mm-hmm. that was no longer the case. Now this year the defense isn't what we've seen um, in past seasons so I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they match up with Burrow and those receivers like I said I really think Uh, Alabama's third corner is going to play a big role in this game. And I'll be interested to see kind of the approach they go with that. Uh, I think it'll be Shaheen Carter, but they can make some guys around and and play maybe one of their their better um, exterior corners, a guy like Diggs or or Sertan at this slot. So uh, the the matchup of the receiving core and Joe Burrow will be really big. Um, I think it'll be really important that guys like Anthony Jennings and Terrell Lewis, the outside linebackers, um, you know, play like they have been playing. They've been on the field a lot at the same time, and they've been doing a lot of, you know, dime rabbits fronts where they have two outside linebackers and two interior linemen and, and getting a good amount of pressure. And if they can do that and and get a guy like Joe Burrow uncomfortable, that'll be big because in talking to these players, I think they feel the same way that everybody else does is that this is kind of strange to see the way that LSU is, is playing on the offensive side of the ball. But their biggest takeaway from film study is that Joe Burrow and the players look more comfortable than they have in the past. And that's going to be a key for Alabama is to take that away and to make them uncomfortable. So, yeah, I mean, um, this offense has Alabama's attention, and I'll be really interested to see how this defense, which is full of young players, steps up to the challenge of trying to stop them.
0: You mentioned the storylines of years past, guys like Leonard Fournette and Heisman Discussion. Uh, we've seen enough boring games, in my, for my consideration, for what we've seen in this matchup. You know, 9-6, 21 Is it kind of refreshing that we're looking at two offenses that can put up a bunch of points and we may be looking at a shootout in this game?
1: Yeah, it's always exciting. Um, you know, with that 9-6 game, I know it kind of ended in a dud, but the, the buildup around that was just so crazy. Oh yeah. So much talent. And this, this year's shaping up to be similar to that. Um, I I will be, um, we've talked a lot about the offenses this week and last week with both teams on bye weeks but, um, I'm really uh, curious to see how these defenses respond because both teams have, uh, playmakers on both sides of the ball. We've talked about several of those and, uh, I think they're going to, you know, both teams are going to come out with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and ready to prove something. And you know, I don't think it's going to be, you know, like a, a 50 to 48 game or anything like that. I think they'll be able to put up some points, but I think the defense has gotten a little bit lost in the shuffle. And I think Alabama's defense is, is pretty, um, you know, geared up and motivated to try to prove that they can you know, stop this team and, and be like Alabama defenses of old. I don't think they're going to go out there and put up a shutout by any means, uh, but I think that they've had two weeks to prepare, and um, they're going to be you know, looking to to prove something.
0: We have seen it once already. We've seen two SEC teams make the college football playoff before. What are the odds for Alabama? Say they somehow lose this game on their home field. What are the odds that they find their way back into the playoff discussion, possibly even putting two SEC teams in there again?
1: Yeah, it'll be tough just because the the committee has kind of made it known that they don't Um, respect Alabama's schedule that much, just kind of like Clemson. They've they've made a big statement with putting the Tigers at number five. And I think Alabama gets the benefit of the doubt a lot of times. And we've seen what this offense has been able to do when two is healthy. It looks like the offensive of old last year. So they've been able to put up a lot of points and and dominate opponents, but they haven't played anybody. And um, I know they have Auburn left on the schedule, but if they lose this game, then they're likely not going to be playing in Atlanta. So they're not going to be able to have that in their back pocket as well. So it's going to be tough. Uh, I think the more likely chance is if Alabama wins this game, LSU, um, you know, runs the table the rest of the way and does it in pretty impressive fashion and maybe loses this in a in a close game, then the Tigers can maybe slip in into the four seed. Sure. But um, yeah, that's that's always interesting because you never know what's going to happen. We've seen, you know, crazy Indians to regular seasons in the past and things like that. And, um, you know, right now there's some some good teams at the top, but, you know, Ohio State and Penn State are going to have to play each other, so one of them is going to be out of the discussion. Um, Alabama and LSU, obviously, are playing this weekend. So you're going to have two spots available, and then you have teams like Clemson and Georgia and Oregon and Utah and Oklahoma lurking. So um, it, it'll be really, really interesting how things shape up the rest of the way, and uh, I'm sure it'll be a, a pretty entertaining finish.
0: As we work our way towards Saturday afternoon, a big one between LSU and Alabama. Do you have a prediction for this game? What's the outcome? And where do you think the difference is made in this game for the winner?
1: I haven't made a prediction yet. Um, Believe it or not, this week has been pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> um, whether you have College Game Day deciding to come, SEC Nation deciding to come to Tuscaloosa, now the president will be here. Um, basically, I'm trying to get as much work done ahead of time because it will almost be like we have to camp out on Friday to, to wait on security. But in all seriousness, though, uh, I haven't made one. Um, like I said, though, I don't I don't anticipate it being just, you know, Uh, a gunslinging shootout where they're putting up 40 and 50 points I think the defenses are going to be able to step up and I maintain that for Alabama uh, is going to be important um, just along the line of scrimmage they're going to have to get pressure on Joe Burrow and they're going to have to keep Tua upright because I think he's going to play and uh, if they can do both of those things I think they can walk away with a victory and right now I think they're six and a half seven point favorite and uh, I would venture to say they can they can do that if, if they can keep Tua healthy and this defense can get some stops. And they've improved over the course of the year. Uh, they have a lot of young guys out there, but you know, they've gained some experience. And you know, some of the older guys are playing at a high level, guys like Terrell Lewis, Trayvon Diggs. So um, I expect Alabama to win this if Tua is healthy. And everything that I've seen, everything that I've heard, uh, has led me to believe that he'll be pretty close to that uh, come game time.
0: He is Charlie Potter from BamaOnline.com. Charlie, I appreciate it, man. Looking forward to it. Can't wait for the matchup. And uh, hopefully, if uh, things pan out how you're saying, hopefully we can have you back on the show sometime soon.
1: All right, man. Sounds good. Thanks for having me.
0: This one just cannot get here soon enough. Man, what an exciting matchup between these two offenses, these two passing games. I just hope, like Charlie is saying, That Tua Valoa is close to full health. If he is, we could really see some fireworks in this game. But I'm going to go against Charlie in this one. Give me the Tigers from Louisiana State the win on the road in Tuscaloosa. With the difference in this one being LSU's secondary making a couple more plays than Alabama's against each of these talented receiving cores. Frankly, I think LSU's been the better team this year, justifiably why they're ranked ahead of Alabama. To each of you out there, thank you for listening to The Blackout and enjoy a full weekend of college football. Until next week, with more college football highlights and interviews coming right here on The Blackout.